forget God's number one will for you is that you would know his son Jesus that you would grow in that knowledge every single day you have to ask yourself are you growing in the knowledge of who Jesus is because that's God's will for your life anything that keeps you from knowing Jesus more is not God's will for your life anything that creates a barrier for you to know Jesus is not his will everyone wants to live the best life possible Today on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel shares that your best life happens when you know God's will and do it. So then what is God's will? Well, he wants you to get to know him and continually invest in that relationship. Pastor Daniel explains that the more you know about the Lord, the more you'll know about the next steps he wants you to take and how to live a flourishing life. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Revelation chapter 1 as he begins his message, God's Will. So here's the deal. Every single one of you, you want to have the best life possible, right? It's like, and if you don't, you need to start wanting that. Because you only live once, hashtag YOLO, it's just the way that it is. On this side of eternity, you get one shot at this life. This is not a dress rehearsal. You get one shot at today, right? And so, in the, with the breath that you have, with the time that God has given you, you want to be able to get at what God has for you. Now, the difference between self-help or the optimization side of life and your best life as a, if you're a follower of Jesus comes down to one simple difference. It's a small, simple thing, but it makes all the difference. In a world that says you need to live your best life now, for a Christian, it comes down to is it about your will or is it about God's will? Our world says your best life is you living your will now. But for the follower of Jesus, it comes down to this is about God's will. And you learn and you realize that your best life is really the life that God created you for. And it's not about our will being done. It's about God's will being done in our life. And that's why Jesus, when they asked Jesus about prayer, he gave them what we call the model prayer. We know it's the Our Father prayer. And within that prayer, Jesus says that your kingdom come. Speaking to God, God, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And for me, this is the great difference between somebody who believes in Jesus and somebody who does not. For somebody who believes in Jesus, if you are following Jesus, what you care about is God's will being done not our own will. We have taken our will and said, my will is not in the driver's seat anymore. I want God's will to be in the driver's seat. Now, I realize for all of us, that sounds simple, but let's be honest, it's not that simple, right? Because when push comes to shove, in the moments of our life, when these decisions are made, you have to choose, is it what God wants or what I want? 
Am I the only one who, when God doesn't do what I want, that I throw a little temper tantrum like my kids do? Like, you know how it is. You're like, oh, come on, Lord. I don't, I'm so mad right now at this because you wouldn't let me use my iPad all night long. You put a, a cap on the time, right? It's like you have the things that you want, and then God's doing something else. And oftentimes we throw a temper tantrum. But really, the best life that you can live is not the best one you can come up with. It's the one that God created you for. That's the best life. Your best life is the life that God has for you that's hidden in Christ. And I'll be honest, as a pastor of almost 20 years now, the most common question that I hear from people, and I, every time I get asked the question, I love it. How can I know what God's will for my life is? Because that is the question of a Christian. What is God's will for my life? And so we've been doing this spark series and we've been looking at all of these encounters that people have with Jesus that kind of, it's the spark that hopefully begins a flame and burns bright. And what I wanted to do today is I wanted to get at if there's been a spark, if, if, if you've encountered Jesus how can you understand what God's will is for your life so that the spark that began the journey can come to full fire? And so in order to do that, I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of Revelation, chapter 1. We're going to take Revelation, chapter 1, verses 1 to 17 together. So the book of Revelation is the last book in your Bible. So just go to the back cover, turn back, go to chapter 1 of Revelation. It's there for you. I want you to be able to read along with me. And as I always say, we know that you have, some of you have intelligent phones. Open up your phone, type in Revelation, chapter 1, and we'll be able to break it open. And what I want to do is I wanted to put a message together that I think would be like a great starting point for how do I understand what God's will is and how do I begin to walk in the will that God has for me. Now, because I'm taking it just out of Revelation chapter one, this is a starter. I can't give you every piece of information, but I think there's enough here, principles, both what is God trying to get at in our lives and then how can I understand what God's will is for me? There's enough information here to really get the ball rolling. So I want you to notice first, look what it says. Revelation chapter one, verse one says this. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see that? The revelation of Jesus Christ. Now here's the deal. God's will is that we know Jesus. That's God's will. God's will is that we, that you know Jesus. Because the book of Revelation is the revelation of who? Of Jesus Christ. That God wants to reveal to people who Jesus is. Now, I know that the book of Revelation is a very complicated book. It's very popular. And lots of people think the book of Revelation is about lots of different things. And it is. If you ask someone, hey, what's the book of Revelation about? Someone's like, man, it's about, you know, the end of the world. It's about, you know, Apache helicopters. It's a series of visions. It's about the Antichrist. Listen, all those things, maybe not the Apache helicopter, have little bit parts in it. But the book of Revelation is the revelation of who? Jesus Christ. That's why it's called the revelation of Jesus Christ. So if anyone says, what's the book of Revelation about? It's about God wanting to reveal 
who Jesus is to us. That's what the book is about. That's the primary focus of the entire book. All the other stuff is a bit part to who is this Jesus. And here's the deal. At every moment of your life, if you want to know what God's will for your life is, is that you know Jesus. But you realize that the idea of knowing somebody, your understanding of somebody begins slowly, right? Nobody, if you believe in Jesus, that doesn't mean that you know Jesus in his totality. And I'm here to tell you, no matter how long you walk with Jesus, there are things about Jesus that you don't know. Like, if you think about maybe the first time you came here to Crossroads, maybe the first time you heard me preach, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, so I know that guy. I heard him preach once. But then if you heard me preach 15 times, do you think you know me a little better? Maybe a little bit, right? Maybe you know that my favorite food is salad. No, you don't know that. Never heard that ever. But it is my favorite not, you know? It's like, what's my favorite food? Now see, because some of you have been around a little bit. Some of you just heard that. You're judging me. Don't judge me. I love me some Twinkies, right? Some of you know that I'm from where? New Jersey, see? But if you're brand new, you didn't know that. You just think I'm just this handsome guy from Jamaica or something, right? And, and, and so, but, but as you get to know somebody more and more, and then if we were to hang out in the family room and talk and all this stuff, you, you, that knowledge deepens over time. And if you want to know what God's will for your life, God's number one will for you is that you continue to grow in the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. And I'm here to tell you, you never know everything about Jesus. I was talking to someone the other day and we were talking about the Bible and they're like, oh yeah, I read that book. And I started laughing, like one book in the Bible. I'm like, oh, you read that book? They're like, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else for me in there. I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, you living all that stuff out right now? And they're just like, no, I'm not living that stuff out right now. I'm like, then you don't know that book. That's not the book that you know. See, your knowledge grows over time. And for each one of us, God's will is that you know Jesus. And what I like to tell people is that the moment that you're living in right now, The details of your life are the curriculum that God has for you to know Jesus more. And sometimes God uses the most horrendous situations and sometimes God uses the most beautiful situations. But never forget God's number one will for you is that you would know his son Jesus. That you would grow in that knowledge every single day. You have to ask yourself, are you growing in the knowledge of who Jesus is? Because that's God's will for your life. Anything that keeps you from knowing Jesus more is not God's will for your life. Anything that creates a barrier for you to know Jesus is not his will. So the first thing you have to know is that God's will is that you and I, that we know Jesus. Look at what it says, verses 1 and 2. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him, speaking of Jesus, to show his servants... Things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ and to all things that he saw. Now, 
If the first principle is that God's will for our life is that we know Jesus, in these verses we actually see the second principle about what God's will is for all of us. And that's simply this, that God's will is that we be servants. God's will is that we be servants. You notice what he says. He says, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to Jesus to show his servants. Right? The people who are serving Jesus. Things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel, who the angel's a servant, to, to help deliver this. And then it says, to his servant John. So the apostle John, the human author of the human side of the authorship of this book, he's called a servant. And John bore witness of the word of God. John served the early church to be able to disseminate this word, to be a witness to it. And it's the testimony of Jesus Christ to the things which John saw. Now, I know that this is probably the least popular thing that people who believe in Jesus say, but it's still the most biblical thing is that God's looking for people who are servants. And our culture hates that because we don't have that like that. Oh, yeah, all I ever want to do is be a servant of somebody else. But all through the scripture, Jesus runs roughshod over our culture a little bit, doesn't he? Jesus said, the son of man, speaking of himself, did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. And at the last supper, when Jesus took off his outer garment and he, and, and he took his towel and he took that bowl and he washed his disciples' feet... You know, and, and, and they were like, whoa, hold on, Lord. And he's like, look, if, if I'm your Lord and master, we'll wash your feet. I want you to go and do likewise. And when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, really what we're saying is, is that God's will for me is that I serve other people the way Jesus has served humanity. And allowing yourself to be a servant is an act of faith. It's an act of faith. Because you're trusting that God's got a plan for you as it's not about your will, it's about God's will. And as you put Jesus first, then you put the needs of others before your own. And in a lot of ways, I think one of the greatest areas that we resist the will of God is because we're not willing to be a servant. Like, you know how it is, you get in a disagreement with somebody, right? And you know that they had a piece in that disagreement and you had a piece in it. If you're saying, I'm going to be a servant, you go and you own your piece of that. You go and say, hey, listen, I'm so sorry. I offended you. I hurt you. I, I, I spoke harshly. I spoke uh, quickly. I was a little biting with my tone. If that bothered you, I'm so sorry. See, a servant doesn't feel like, well, I have to wait for that person to come and apologize to me and then we'll fix this thing. A servant is somebody who does what needs to be done even if nobody notices. Because what a servant realizes is that we live our lives before the Lord and the Lord sees everything even if no one else does. One of the greatest, most freeing areas for me in my walk with Jesus is when I began to realize that it doesn't matter if anybody notices anything that I do. It doesn't matter because I actually don't do it for other people. 
I do it for the Lord, and at best, other people get the benefit. Because we all know what it's like when you're doing something so that someone notices you. Because what happens is when you do it and they don't notice you, what happens? You get mad, right? I can't believe I've been doing all this stuff for you. You're so ungrateful. Am I the only one? You guys all know what I'm talking about here, right? But when you realize, no, I do it for the Lord and my spouse gets the benefit. I do it for the Lord and the kids get the benefit. I do it for the Lord and my parents get the benefit. I do it for the Lord and my employer gets the benefit. I do it for the Lord and my employee gets the benefit. I do it for the Lord and my neighbor gets the benefit. I do it for the Lord and the school gets the benefit. I do it for the Lord and someone else. Because you realize when you're doing it as under the Lord, the Lord is grateful and joyful in us because we are walking in the steps of Jesus by being a servant. Now, I wanted to put those two out there right away because to me, those two principles alone, if you want to know what's God's will for my life, you can take it to the bank every single day that what God wants is for you to know Jesus and for you to be a servant. And literally, you can spend the rest of your life just trying to implement those two things. And you're good to go. Because you'll grow in your knowledge of who Jesus is. And as you grow in your knowledge of who Jesus is, you're going to want to be more and more like him. Why? Because the people who you spend the most time with are the people who you become the most like. I can always tell, you know, I can always tell when someone has a bad influence in their life because they start to take on those same attributes. I can always tell when someone has a good influence in their life. I'll never forget when we were growing up, one of my first friends who, who uh, had become a Christian, and I remember like almost immediately, he, this, this guy had met this girl who was a believer, and he wasn't, and it was like almost like overnight, this dude started changing things. Like it was so noticeable. And I remember, and I wasn't a believer at the time, I'm like, bro, what is wrong with you? He said, well, I met this girl, I'm like, oh, she's a religious girl, huh? And he's like, how'd you know? I'm like, because you're acting so weird right now. Like, I remember I, we, used to, we used to play in bands in the bars and stuff. And, and he, all of a sudden, he's out there. He's drinking a club soda. And I'm like, why are you drinking a club soda, bro? Oh, that's just what I want. You know, and all of a sudden, he, you know, he took off all the, sh- the shirts that were uh, inappropriate. And he was wearing a button down. I'm like, she ain't going to be impressed with your button down, bro. Your heart's evil. He's like, shh. He was like, I was that friend, you know, I needed Jesus real bad. But the thing is, is the, but so quickly, like, oh, look at what's happening here. He's being influenced. And I look back now and I'm proud of him because he was making positive. I mean, not the button down shirt. I mean, you only wear one, if you, one of those if you got to. But, but you, <laughs> or if you're Pastor Stewart, our missions pastor, because he, he has to wear a button down shirt because he's a missionary. But... <laughs> See, now that they gave me both hands, it goes bad all the way. But really, it's like when you know Jesus, you get influenced by him. That's what happens. You begin to take on his attributes. You begin to do those things that please the Lord because Jesus always does those things that please his father. And you're watching Jesus and you're watching how Jesus died on the cross for you and how he's patient with you. And you're like, well, I should probably be patient with those people. Lord, help give me the grace to be patient. Lord, you're, you're the kindest person I ever met. So, Lord, make me kind like you're kind. God, you're so generous that you'd give your own son for humanity. Lord, will you make me generous like that? And, and, and before you know it, 
You're being a servant. And what's beautiful is Paul told the church in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, this is the will of God, your sanctification. And that word sanctification literally means you being set apart as holy unto the Lord. That's God's will. And guess what? When you know the Lord and when you're serving the Lord, you're being sanctified. Because in all these situations, God is inviting you to be a part of the work that he's doing. So those are two big principles that we put up front. You want to know what God's will? He wants you to know his son, Jesus, and he wants you to be a servant. Now, if you say, well, Fusco, how do I put legs on that? How do I live that out? The next opportunity you get to do something you don't want to do, but will help somebody else just do it and see what happens. You know, for most of us, well, I don't really feel like doing that, right? Or my favorite, the way Christians get out of helping their friends move is I got to pray about that. That's always my favorite thing. Hey, I need someone to help me move. I got to pray about that. Because <laughs> the last thing, you, you know how it is. Those of you, I had a friend. I know, actually, someone here. Maybe here right now. They're like, man, I used to have a, a pickup truck. I'm like, you used to? What happened? I got rid of it. Why? Because everyone calls you to help you move. When you have a pickup truck. And I'm like, what'd you get? Like, I got me like a little, little super compact car. Right? Made me laugh. I'm like, but like, but you can imagine if everyone's calling you to, to move, that would get kind of annoying after a while. But literally the simplest way to do it is the next opportunity you have to serve, serve. The next moment you get to do something that you don't really wouldn't want to do, but you know it'll bless somebody, do it. And see what happens. And it's as simple as that, really. Now, for each one of us, you're all saying, okay, so God wants me to know Jesus, check. God wants me to be a servant. I'm not really sure I'm buying that one, but okay. How does God teach you and show you specifically what his specific will is for you? Like, So in a sense, you can say that knowing Jesus and being a servant is God's general will for all of us. But what is God's specific will? How can we know what that is? Notice what it says in verse 3. It says this. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. Well, guess what? God's will is revealed through his word. God's will is revealed to us through his word. He says, listen, the person who reads the words of this prophecy and hears them are blessed. And if you keep the things that are written in it, you see that? So God reveals his will to us through his word, us reading it for ourselves, hearing it, and then choosing to keep God's word. Jesus is real. What's God's will for you? How do you know what he wants you to do? Everyone has asked these questions at some point. Well, today, Pastor Daniel shared that two main aspects of God's will for you are that you know him and you serve others. You learn that being a servant goes against our culture, but it is one of God's biggest priorities. Jesus wants you to follow his example and do what is needed, regardless of whether anyone else notices. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus is Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. 
I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus is Real Radio at 360-256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. Thanks for joining us today for Jesus is Real Radio. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share a few ways that God reveals His will for you. You'll learn that you can find out what's on God's mind when you read the Bible. Throughout His Word, you'll find passage after passage that talk about the simple, though not always easy, things God wants you to do. Pastor Daniel will also explain that God often uses other people to reveal His will. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Spark. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.